This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 335 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Understand it's Newfoundland. Our sponsors this week are Dr. Rose's Remedies, EasySignsOnline.com, and our auditors, which are listeners like you. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, Helena, how are you? I'm cold. Freezing, huh? <laughs> I'm cold. I'm not freezing. I'm just cold. <laughs> well, it's been like in the 20s there forever, hasn't it? Well, three days, and that feels like forever. forever. Yeah, that's forever enough. It's, it's 20s. You and, know, I'm, and I'm out there trying to, <laughs> trying to dislodge the manure piles that are frozen to the the ground. We talked to some people on the driving show this week that uh, did a sled uh, or a sleigh rally last weekend in Wisconsin, and it was minus five when they did oh, it. God. <laughs> and that they said that was one of the warmer years. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, I know. Everybody was bundled up. I looked at the pictures, and they were pretty bundled up. And they said, "Oh, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't windy." <laughs> okay. But <laughs> once you're bundled up and you're outside moving around, it's it's not so bad. But like, there's here is there's just a unique set of weather circumstances that there it's 25 degrees and it has been for the last three days. And but there's it's also misting. Wow, like, you're right along the ocean, so you pick up that moisture and oh, yeah, it goes right so through you. Your fingers doesn't matter what kind of gloves you have on, or you it just it's miserable. It's a miserable existence, and the horses are like. You know, they, they can't go running around because it's icy outside. And they're like, what are you doing? Can we play? What's going on? Is that an ice cube? Is it going to eat me? It's going to eat me. I'm going to run over here. Oh, wait, there's a lion in the woods. Wait, let me come back and sit in your lap, Mom, because I'm afraid that that deer is going to turn into a light lion and eat me. It's just like <laughs> everything goes wrong in the cold. Are you making the uh, the ice bucket sculpture in the, in the barnyard? I have... I'm making... I'm making jewelry. Jewelry? I, so I have this thing. I have this like, it's, I got it in like a Chinese food store, um, uh, like kitchen shop. It's a strainer, you know, and it's used for, I don't know, straining things. And I use that to scoop the ice out of my buckets. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. But I'm always so freaking aggravated that I have to do that, that I take the ice and I fling it across the board. <laughs> I mean, I fling it. You I really need to move to Florida. <laughs> which, is, which is probably why my horses are all jacked up. I'm always throwing ice balls at them. So, so there's this, and it takes just five or ten minutes for the things to stick to the ground. So all over my barnyard, which is primarily it's like walking on pebbles, <laughs> sand and stone dust, it's really pretty, but it, it looks like a necklace. It looks like a diamond necklace. It's all ice chunks. 
dogs that have hawked across the yard. <laughs> I remember we used to make, uh, we used to take, the, the the buckets used to totally freeze solid overnight. Yeah. And you used to turn them upside down and we used to build structure, you know, pyramids with them. And <laughs> oh, the good old days. We're going to go find out about, well, how do you say that word again? Newfoundland. Newfoundland ponies. Who Apparently there are not a lot of them left in the world, and we have Emily Chakowsky coming on to talk to us about Newfoundland ponies. We haven't done a breed segment in a while. You so can say Chakowsky, but you can't say, say Newfoundland. I know. <laughs> no. Honestly. So that's coming up, and you have a product for us later in the show as well for our Tack and Habit segment. So all of that. But before we get started, let, let's talk a little bit about a news story that came out this morning that relates to a previous episode that we did, and you can probably look that up for me, the cloning episode, if you remember, that we did uh, five years ago now, maybe? Um, yeah. That was one of our first shows, if I remember right. We had the people on who do the cloning and of horses, and we explained it all. And back then, if you remember right, it was fairly new. It was had just started... Uh, episode 11. Whoa, whoa. Okay, so that was, what, 2008, nine. That was 2000, February, uh, February 2009. Nine, so six years ago. And yeah. uh, we had them on, and we talked, we, the whole show was about it. We had the positives and the negatives, people who agreed with it and didn't. Yeah. And it, there's been a court case that's been floating around now for over two years, and that is the against the AQHA, the Quarter Horse Association, by a couple of ranchers in Texas. The ranchers want the Quarter Horse Association to, to register the, or, you know, to register the Quarter Horse clones. And the Quarter Horse Association said, no, uh, we're not going to register clones, uh, you know, in the breed registry. Yeah. So that's been a court. Well, the initial case uh, in the lower court, they actually ruled with a jury. They actually ruled that the AQHA should register the clones. Well, the, the AQHA appealed it. It went to the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans. And yesterday, the, the uh, circuit court of appeals came down and overturned the ruling and said that the AQHA can make its own policies and can choose to not register clones if it likes. Well, the, the, the whole problem was that the Ranchers Association filed an antitrust case. Right. Well, that's how they tried to overcome it, was the, saying yeah. that they have a monopoly on the registry and they do <laughs> the quarter horse registry yeah yeah they do yep. yeah for those of you who don't know what an antitrust case is it's any legal action that that's brought against someone um in they're charging them with limiting or restricting free competition in the marketplace so you know happens all the time in the tech world yeah it happens yeah. all the time in the, yeah tech yeah. and communications and stuff like that so basically the ranchers association is saying that the American Quarter Horse Association is limiting their ability to to compete fairly. And to be fair, it's not the, the Ranchers Association. It's just two Texas ranchers. It's just which, two, yeah, okay. yeah. Hey, yeah, you know what? Find a friend and you're an association. <laughs> but can you imagine how much money these two got? Because... They're already at the at the Circuit Court of Appeals. You know how much money they've spent on lawyers to, spend to this on point, this stuff. and yeah. now they say they're <laughs> they're going to appeal it to the to the uh, well, it goes to Supreme Court next, right? Uh, once it uh, the Fifth Circuit Court, it's going to go to the Supreme Court next. So I can't believe the Supreme Court would take this case. I I don't see it being a big enough scope. You know for what, them to though? Yeah, we think it's not big enough because it has to do with horses. 
but they've made yeah, it not about horses. They've true. made it about business. Well, and true, and it really applies to anybody that's a registry of any kind, right? Um, you know, it can be dog registries, cat registries, any registry, if you're the only one. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the, the part that bothers me the most is that it underscores the role of an animal as a commodity. And we can't, we can't deny the fact, we cannot deny that reality in American society. Animals are a commodity. Well, and in this case, uh, horses are still considered livestock, uh, just like cows and pigs, you know. Cows they, and, uh, yeah. they're, which makes them commodities, which right. means their financial value um, is always going to be important to somebody. And that, that in and of itself may end up getting this case to the Supreme Court simply because, you know, the, the, the West, the Midwest, these, the, these parts of the country, they, um, you know, and maybe I'm naive. I, I mean, I know I am to a certain extent, but in the, on the East Coast, most of our horses are for recreational purposes. If you're a trainer or you are a veterinarian or even if you breed, you're a small business owner. When you move out west and you're starting to deal with hundreds, even thousands of acres and quarter horses and cattle, now you're, you're moving out of that small business mind and you're moving into big land and big numbers. Yeah, and they use them for work. I mean, it's basically their work animals out there. Uh, they're still they're, riding they're, them on the ranches and they're still herding cows with them. They're no different than capital equipment, yeah. you know, for any, any business owner. So it could very well go... The, the problem is it will set a precedent. We'll see. And I mean, I, it'll take scary. a while. It'll probably be next year till it gets to the Supreme Court. And then they'll, they'll either accept or deny it. You know, they'll have their 10 minutes in court to uh, convince the judges to take the case. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do with it. Uh, it they might I just take it because the Fifth Circuit Court overruled the lower court. And change the verdict. If, it, if they had upheld the verdict, if it had been just upholding it, then the Supreme right. Court is less likely to take it. But right. the fact that they overturned a jury is, is another thing, you know? Hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's see what happens with it. And, uh, uh, and it was a 20-page opinion, too. It wasn't like, you know, in and out, boom, bing, bang, boom. They had a lot to say. I'd love to see that. I'd yeah. love to see that. It is out. out there. I did see that there is a copy of it. Uh, one of the <laughs> websites has it. But so you can you can take if you can read it. Um, but I thought I'd follow up on that. It's probably about time for us to do to re you know to redo the whole cloning episode again because in six years it's all changed. I mean it's the whole world of cloning is different. So it's probably time to get the scientists back on and the the negative people back on and take a look at the whole thing again. That's me. I'm the negative. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's. Uh, there's a couple, you know, there's a couple things I thought we haven't done in a long time. One is I got to try and get, uh, I had a hard time last time, and that's the reason it didn't happen, was getting the Valentine's episode together again. Remember, we used to have so much fun with those. Um, yeah, you know, I was going through some old episodes, as you know, and I saw those Valentine yeah, episodes. We used to have you fun know, with those. We, we usually do the, the horse husbands and the horse wives episode. Well, I don't have a horse husband anymore. Right. So I think I, I want to change the whole show. You're going to do the singles episode? I know. You can do I want to do a non Horse dating episode? No, I think we should just do it Valentine's. And then people, we can have guests on and we can talk about, you know, love. 
Yeah, and to be all kinds of love. I don't think I did Horse Husbands last year either. I think we missed it. I think life just went on and we kind of missed it. Yeah, we um, got all messed up last yeah. year. So so I think we should do a love episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we could have tips for dating. We could have tips for happy marriages. We could have tips for loving your horse and your dogs and your kids and yourself. Let's make it the love episode. Oh, that sounds squishy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love it. It's Maybe all girly. Sub- I'm going to be sick that week. <laughs> no, you're not going to be sick that week. You're going to be sick. <laughs> well, coming up right after this word from one of our sponsors, we have Emily Chakowsky, who is uh, from, uh, I don't even know how to say the name of her farm. We're going to talk about some really cool Newfoundland ponies. We'll find out how you say that, too, because Selena <laughs> and I have been messing you that messed up all it day. Up again. I know. We'll be right back with Emily. Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment Salve and Spray are 100% all-natural products. They are anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Dr. Rose's are made with all human-grade ingredients and are safe and effective for treatment for all manner of cuts and scrapes on your horse. And Dr. Rose's is the must-have product here at the Horse Radio Network headquarters to keep PT Scooter's delicate white pasterns free from dew poisoning and scratches. Ask for Dr. Rose's at your local tax store or feed supplier or visit them online at drrosesremedies.com. That's drrosesremedies.com. Well, hi, Emily. Welcome to the show. How are you? Okay, you gave us three things that we can't say. Your name. Did yes. I get that right, Chakowsky? You got it right, yes. Yay! <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> and then the name of your farm is Villy? Villy? Yes. yes. Villy Pony Farm? Got it. Okay. And then right. how yeah. do you say the name of the ponies? Um, understand Newfoundland. Newfoundland, Newfoundland ponies. Newfoundland, Newfoundland <laughs> ponies. You got it wrong earlier, Helena. You told me wrong. You advised me incorrectly. I did. Well, I had Newfoundland dogs and thought, and, and always pronounced it Newfoundland, which yes. is wrong. So yes. understand Newfoundland. <laughs> I love this. I feel so yes. educated. <laughs> Actually, the president of the Newfoundland so- uh, uh, Pony Society, Newfoundland Pony Society, taught me that. So okay. I've been corrected by the, by the best. <laughs> All right. And are they from Newfoundland? Yes, they are. <laughs> I can't say <laughs> it. Good. Just think of understand Newfoundland. Newfoundland. <laughs> I can't Newfoundland. say it. But I'll have yeah. to say it that way every time. And I know. then the, the, the name of their country will change. You will have <laughs> so to say it that way every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, they are from Newfoundland. And um, the, what's really unique about the pony is that they're actually a land race breed. Do you know they're what a, who? Land, a land race breed? Do you what know what that is? Them? No. <laughs> Boy, I'm feeling really people, dumb. Yeah, no, I yeah. don't know anything about any of this stuff. I'm going to have you so confused. <laughs> You'll be glad this this uh, this interview will be over uh, eventually. Um, a Newfoundland uh, a, a, the Newfoundland pony is a land race breed, and land race breeds occur in um, animals as well as plants, and they are created by their environment and nature, not by humans and. The goal of nature is survival of the fittest. So they, they um, in, the, in the case of the pony, they were brought over. Um, they're a mix of mountain and moorland um, ponies, which I could rattle off if you'd like me to later. Um, and they came over to Newfoundland, and they roamed free. And I assume um, they were Welsh-related or Irish-related. 
Yes, they, okay. we have. A, I'll give you the list. They're a mix of um, Exmoor, Dartmoor, Kerry, um, Kerry Bog, Eriskay's, New Forest, uh, the Scottish Galloway, which is now extinct, Welsh Mountain, Connemara, Fell, Dales, and Highland. And there's been some genetic research that suggests possibly Icelandic and, um, and uh, a few other things. And they interbred and um, became a distinct land race breed. And um, that was done through, hey, you know what, you're living here on this island without much uh, for, for forage. It's basically a big rock, and you are surrounded by icebergs, and if you're going you're gonna to make it, you got to do it on your own. So it developed into a very, very hardy, um, versatile, rugged breed. Uh, it's very, mm. very bold and cold up there. Yeah, you know, I I can really appreciate that. I've had some ponies around my farm, and um, my own horse is a very easy keeper. And I always say that he's got, uh, and he's a little fresh like ponies. But uh, yeah. you, you can't help but appreciate that hardiness that they can they can survive on anything. You know, sometimes they can eat the wrong thing, and they have like these stomachs of steel, or they they get fat on air. You you really can't help but appreciate um, their hardiness. Yes. Yes. And, and how the environment contributes to that. Mm-hmm. They're like and evolution right there in front of your eyes. It's amazing. And, and with, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually vice president of the Newfoundland Pony Society as well as run a sanctuary here and a nonprofit sanctuary for the pony in uh, New Hampshire. And um, our goal is conservation um, of these genetics because actually they carry, they're like walking time capsules because these breeds that I mentioned, it was before, what they brought over here was before improvements that were, you know, made to the uh, to the breed, um, to the breed. So their genetics are way back in time. So if you compare the Welsh genetics that are in the in the uh, Newfoundland pony to current, you know, modern day um, uh, Welsh ponies, they're not the same. They've been altered and added other breeds to and um, changed. So. They're the last remaining uh, native pony breed um, that has not had improvements done to it. Hmm. So it is what nature made it. I and never understood the whole let's improve the thing that nature made uh, so perfectly in the first place. Um, I agree. You know, I, I mean, the German Shepherds are a perfect example of that. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw a picture the other day of, you know, 50 years ago. It was a side-by-side of 50 years ago and today, and... and Today they just look awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, their back ends are two inches off the ground. I, it's just un, just weird. So yeah, that's kind of neat. And how many are there here um, in or, the or, United or total, States? Well, yeah. what's left? We're we're actually um, in the process of uh, going to be um, uh, kicking off a census relatively soon uh, for the latest numbers. Um, but there used to be thousands of them on the island of, of Newfoundland and. Um, they right now what's remaining is approximately 250 of breeding age left in the world, and I actually did an update on the uh, po- number of ponies of full confirmed full ponies in this country, and it's 34. And that's Whoa. it. Whoa! Yes, but what's cool about this breed is because they have such a diverse background, their genetic base is so healthy that they can thrive with low numbers and. So we're working very hard to increase and to cre- increase the numbers, yes, but increase them the right way, um, and not add other blood um, into into the mix because this breed will make it without doing that. So um, it's a 
it's quite a, I've learned so much. <laughs> Never thought this, I'd ever be doing this in my life, but uh, it's quite, it's quite a, a battle. It's quite a struggle because nobody understands it. And when you start talking to people about genetics, their eyes roll back in their head and they, you lose them. So there's no, and there's no simple way to explain it because people only know purebred or mutts. They don't understand land race because there are so few of them left. All breeds originate um, from land races. Nature creates land races, and we select out the traits that we like, you know, color, shape, size, whatever, uh, their ability, and we make breeds from them. But if we lose, we tend, over time, we have, um, our tendency has been to take the land race and modify it so much that it's no longer a land race and the land race has become extinct. And that's exactly what happened to the Galloway. Um, it was such a desirable, um, pony or horse that it was, um, it had, it was gated and it had a real smooth gait and travelers loved it. So they made a whole lot of breeds out of it. It was very quick footed. But no one thought to save the Galloway, and so it's gone. And that's what we want to do with the Newfoundland is save the Newfoundland pony mm. and bring healthy genetics into the future, which essentially in a, in, in a um, oh, say a biological um, um, emergency could save the species. This is what people don't realize. So it's a so lot you have, more than just a cute pony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we start there. <laughs> you know what? Cuteness is is uh, an evolutionary benefit, let me tell you. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so you have, how many do you have on your farm? Right here, right now, we have six with one in the oven. <laughs> we, <laughs> one forming, with a bun in the oven, but she's, uh, she's due next summer. And oh. um, we have six, so soon to be seven. So... You so you're involved in their their daily care, I assume. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. What is it? Uh, what what just absolutely stands out to you? Screams out to you as the defining um, characteristic of oh. the breed because you see them uh, bes- besides their their hardiness. Is yes. there something else that really stands out about them? Temperament. Temperament is amazing. In fact, the reason we started, one of the reasons we started the sanctuary, it just kind of evolved on its own, um, was that every time people came here, and these are people who are non-horse people or some that even are afraid of them, they are so um, placid, trusting, kind. They are so willing to work with you, and they react to nothing. They're like dogs. I would bring one right in the house right now, and it wouldn't touch anything. It wouldn't, it, it would be fine. They're just, they just don't, they were like, when I first, I got my first Newfoundland pony, it was like nothing I'd ever been around before. And there was such a difference. And they're also so communicative. If there's something that needs to be, they, they're trying, you, you need to know something, they're going to let you know. I have one mare who, um, if her saddle is loose, she will not move. <laughs> and you, and, you know, she will not move until you get off, fix that saddle, and then on you go. And um, I've had some incredible, beautiful experiences with these ponies, too. But um, as far as training, it's like get on them and go. They are willing to learn and work with you, which is what endeared them so much to the people of Newfoundland. Um, they worked side by side with them for, you know, 400 years, and um, they would haul nets. They would work uh, in the farms and um, they, everybody they drove them, too. They put them oh, to carts, right? big time. Big yeah, time. Yeah. Everybody they used to drive to town with them. You went to town to get groceries. You drove your pony. Yep. 
And they were just like a regular thing. They were so common. But what happened to the pony was back in the, uh, like the 50s and 60s, they started to, uh, you know, they started to get more modern using tractors and all of that, and they didn't need them as much, and they had to um, erect fencing laws. Because people would just let their ponies run, and they would know which pony was theirs or whatever, and they'd be around, and not many of them were fenced in. Um, and so they had to fence them, and people couldn't afford to feed them and care for them, fenced in, bring them food. And so some were thought to go to good homes in Canada, um, but they went to dinner plates instead. So they were mm. hauled off by the tractor-trailer load in droves and slaughtered nearly to annihilation. Oh. Yuck. Mm-hmm. Yuck. That's what happened. They were, thought to be, they were thought to be mutts, and even today I still hear this. If I hear it, it drives me crazy. Oh, it gets the hair up on the back of my neck. But people just don't understand but they're thought to be mutts. They were thought to have no value. They were just this wild, rangy pony on Newfoundland, and they weren't a purebred. But what people don't understand is they're the basis. They're the beginning. They're of the purest we, of the breads. Absolutely. And they're, <laughs> they're, what we, they're what we call genetic diversity. And yes. without that, um, species die out very quickly because they come, become so specialized and the environment changes, um, but they're physical traits do not. And so they succumb to, right? So, and and this is, this is a shame because a lot of people do think unless it's a pedigree, it it has no value. But those of us who've worked with mutts, whether it's, you know, canine or equine, we know that there's nothing, nothing that can compare to what they have to offer. There just isn't. So it's really nice to see that, um, that conservation is such a an important part of what you're doing. It's this everything. Yeah. To to keep the breed. It, and it but to, to also to it, it's not even keeping the breed, it's it's maintaining diversity. Right. And what people don't realize too, I teach the lesson through the ponies, um, but this also applies to animals in our food uh, supply. Um, and plants as well. Um, recently in the last I think two years, um, the industrial pig population has been facing um, a a disaster, I can't think of the name of the virus, that's affecting newborn um, pigs, and they're all dying by the millions. It's it's something going through pigs. We breed our industrial breeds for product and speed of how they produce it. When when we make that breed, we don't care how long they're going to live. We don't care how healthy they are. We care that they make, a, they make their product, which is meat, and they make it quickly, a lot of it and quickly. So you get a disease like this, and when 90% of the pig population is an industrial breed, you get one disease comes through, what does that mean? Bye-bye 90%. What have we got left? We almost lose our pigs. It's really a very serious concern for the future, and that's why rare breeds are so, are so important. Same thing, believe it or not. I just read a report. Isn't this so funny? I just read a report on bananas. And there used yeah. to be hundreds of varieties of bananas. Yeah. And now it's down to one variety of banana. Oh, um, yeah. And they, they're not even grown. There's very few that are, other varieties are actually grown in the world. But what started happening, there was a disease that affected this particular variety of banana. And oh. they say if it gets worse, there are going to be no, no bananas. Oh. Um, because it's been it's been quote-unquote, bred down to one variety of banana because it's the one that lasted the longest in shipping. 
uh, which is why this particular variety of banana is the one we eat. Is it, it lasted longer, the longest in shipping? Right. Uh, <clears throat> so it's yeah, tough. it's yeah. scary stuff when you really think about it. it you know, and, and I think really the key is education, so that we make better choices. You know, um, I I love all the breeds, every animal. I mean, it, you know, I'm not a breed specific person, but I'm on a mission here in in our sanctuaries on a mission to you know to help the entire species by keeping healthy genetics available. So, I mean, you have a good base, such as the Newfoundland pony, some, some biological problem comes through, we can pull from them and add some of their blood into these other breeds to improve them. And, you know, so, but we have to retain this one. You know, we have to keep it going. The pony, besides that, is able to do anything. We have, uh, oh gosh, we have Mr. Maple, uh, out of Canada, who uh, blew them away at Kentucky Horse Park and dressage a couple of years ago. Um, they jump like you can't believe. They, um, they, they're great for trail. They're great for anything, any discipline. And they're a variety of sizes. Uh, they go from 11 hands to 14-2, a variety of colors. Land races don't all look exactly alike, although they have common traits. And I call them survival traits. They're traits that nature made. And um, it's for a specific reason. Um, you want me to explain that a little bit? Actually, we're running out of time. Okay. So uh, let's, fi- let's find out where people can uh, see your farm and where they can check out the, the pictures of the cute ponies. Awesome. Well, if you go to, um, we're in, uh, in southern New Hampshire. And if you go to um, the website, just Google NewfoundlandPonySanctuary.org. And uh, that's there. We're also um, on Facebook under the same uh, name and uh, you can find us anywhere and um, uh, we have a fundraiser coming up so that would be helpful there's a donate button there if anybody cares to help us on our cause and um, we really appreciate you having us on the show and and uh, and understanding what I'm talking about it's wonderful it's refreshing well, yeah it is and and uh, and I learned how to say it now yes. so we can all <laughs> stop screwing it up Helena you had the dogs I mean <laughs> So, I did. <laughs> I did. You've been saying it wrong for 30 years. <laughs> I know. But now you know the inside scoop there. See that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always was... had, a, you know, visiting um, Newfoundland has been on my bucket list for a long time. That's so maybe it's not time I go. not far for you, is it? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I haven't been there, believe it or not. Because it's I'm not here, even. It's, it's really yeah. not far for you. <laughs> no. It, well, it's, it's quite a difficult place to get to. That's part of the, part of the problem. Uh, there's no convenience. You can't flight. drive. If there's that up, water issue. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, unless you're amphibious, you can't get there. But uh, one day it's on my it's on my list of places to go. But we're too busy, and all our money goes into these guys and our time. But Welcome it's worth it. Welcome to the horse owner world. It. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth every minute of it. <laughs> well, thank you very much. We appreciate yeah. you joining us. And thanks for having me. This week's EasySignsOnline.com Spotlight product is their New England Style Farm Signs, their most popular line of signs. New England Style Farm Signs are very durable and designed for long-term outdoor use with no maintenance required. No wood to rot and no paint to peel. They will outlast the old-style painted wood signs by many, many years. They are available in many sizes, shapes, and styles, which makes them the perfect sign for any farm or business. 
Go online today and go through the EasySignsOnline.com easy step-by-step ordering process to see all the prices and options available. They also offer free, no-obligation sign proofs on all New England-style signs. And you get free shipping as well on all New England-style signs. So replace your old worn-out sign and make a great first impression with a new farm sign from EasySignsOnline.com. And the holidays are right around the corner, so it's a terrific gift idea. I can't think of a better one. Visit EasySignsOnline.com. Now it is time for our Tack and Habit segment, sponsored by Flirting with the World. This Tech and Habit segment is sponsored by Flirting with the World. You can find them on Facebook at Flirting with the World. Okay, Today, what's flirting with the world? What, Don't you, what, yeah, wait a minute. I know, what's I'm always up to something. With the world? I'm always up to something. What is it? It's my latest venture. Flirting with the World is a new creative um, project for me. It's a it style like guide. It sounds like a porn site. It's like chasing a fox, but without the fox hunting emphasis. It's not a porn site. <laughs> Flirting with the world. A it's it's a like <laughs> you make me swear. You see, I've tried to not swear, but you make me want to throw all these bombs around. And I've I've made right, an I'm aim for myself. Right, I've made look. an aim for myself to only use the bombs when they're absolutely necessary or appropriate. <laughs> So flirting with with the world. world. It's a new creative venture for me. Um, It's very similar to Chasing a Fox, but it's not about fox hunting. It's about style, um, fashion, home, life, some advice, lots of musings, lots of eye candy. Um, It's a life and style guide that, that celebrates what I call the feminine spirit, which is defined differently pretty much by every woman out there. But it's just really um, a fun visual approach to finding balance in your life. Looking at the very superficial things like pink dresses and sparkly jewelry and understanding really what it means to be feminine, to feel feminine, and still get dirty on a daily basis. Boy, leave it to a uh, leave it to an Italian, uh, a passionate Italian girl to come up with a name like "Flirting with the World." You know, it's funny that you say that because <laughs> because the the where I got the um, the name from is many years ago. I was watching an interview with Madonna, and they were talking about how overtly sensual she is, and she's just really, you know, she just she flirts all the time with everybody. And she admitted to it. She said, you know, I, I do. I flirt with everybody. I flirt with men. I flirt with women. I flirt with animals and children. She said, you know, heck, I flirt with furniture. I, I flirt with everything. And it really was an inside look into her personality. When you are willing to explore the world, um, you know, you dip your feet in the water because you never know what kind of adventure is going to be out there. You never know what is in store for you. And if you're brave enough to just dip your feet in the water and flirt a little bit, the world holds unlimited potential for you. And so that's where the phrase flirting with the world came in because I'm very much the same way. 
I'm very much the same way. Let's try it. Why not is my motto, honest to God. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so, you know, you have a big, passionate Italian heart like mine and just you're constantly putting it out there. And what I found over the last couple of years is that the more you put it out there, um, the more courage you have in putting it out there, the more amazing, wonderful things will, will come your way. So this is a reflection, a little bit of those experiences of mine and, um, of course, the million and one other experiences I've had on the back of a horse. So, Cool. Well, very good. Flirting with the world. I didn't know about that. That's new. Yeah, go follow us on Facebook. Go follow us on Facebook. A website will be coming soon. But, of course, we're starting with, uh, with the Facebook presence. Very good. And today's product is... Well, appropriate for, for it's appropriate for that. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's appropriate for that. But I, it, it pretty much everybody in the United States is cold today and has been for a couple of weeks now. So I spend a lot of time outdoors, even in the winter, just because I cannot sit still inside. I go crazy. So I do those silly little barn chores and sub-zero weather that I shouldn't be doing. But it ends up taking an incredible toll on my face, on my skin, which is just it's so dry. Even though I live near the coast, it's just. It's awful. It wreaks havoc. I look like, <laughs> as my dad used to say, you look like you came in second in an axe fight. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> There's a loving Italian so, father for you. <laughs> I, uh, what happened to you? So um, I have tried, I have very sensitive skin. I break out if if a product has the wrong thing in it. So finally, uh, so I went, to, I was in the supermarket and I was like, all right, I'm going to try this Burt's Bees facial moisturizer. And there was a lady in there standing next to me. And she's like, oh, I have this. I love it. It's awesome. So I'm like, oh, okay. This stranger lady says it's awesome. I need to buy it. I need to spend 20 bucks and buy this tiny little jar of Burt's Bees facial moisturizer. So I did, thinking that I was being all au natural and Yeah, what's well, Burt's Bees? I mean, that's the first thing you think of, right? Oh, my God. It made me break out so bad. It oh, was really? just horrible. And <laughs> it had fragrance in it, which... I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't read what was in the gosh darn label. And I can't stand perfume in my products. I, I wear perfume when I go out, but I cannot stand it in like sunscreen or products or anything like that. So, but of course I paid like whatever, $16, $17 for the jar. I'm like, I got to finish it. And by the time I was done, I'm like, I can't ever use this stuff again. So I finally decided to research non-toxic products, stuff that has, that's really and truly all natural. And the name of the company that coming, kept coming up again and again was Ava Anderson Non-Toxic, which was started by a 14-year-old girl just three towns away from me in Rhode oh, Island. Really? Yep. In Barrington, Rhode Island, which is how I first discovered the company. There was a write-up in a local paper about it. And um, that was a couple of years ago. And now Ava Anderson, the, the, the company, has just it's taken off. So I decided to try it. I purchased their moisturizer directly from their website. Now, they don't sell retail in stores. Um, it's similar to some of the other uh, skincare products. Yeah, you it's have sort like of a like a consultant. Yeah, it's sort of like Avon or whatever that Avon, way. Arbonne, yeah. blah, 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 right? So, and I still don't understand what what the profitability is of selling that way versus selling retail. But anyway, I mean, I, I know, but I, I don't know. So I bought it. I purchased it online. Now it's a, a small tube of it. It's only two ounces. 
It was nineteen ninety five, so it was expensive. Why is that stuff so expensive? I don't you know. know they're making it for fifty cents, right? I, it, I don't know that they're making it for fifty cents because the ingredients um really have to be sourced. They're, these are not things that you can buy easily in the cosmetics industry. Toxic products, chemicals, all that stuff that, that typically goes into cosmetics, that you can buy easily because the market's saturated. The wholesale market is saturated. I should say the manufacturing market is saturated with it. So all natural ingredients are not sourced very easily, and therefore it puts them at a higher price point. I get that. I couldn't deal with looking like I came in second in an axe fight any longer. <laughs> any longer. So I was like, I'll try it. No matter what that's worth. <laughs> that's hundred bucks, I'll pay. <laughs> so let me tell you what the ingredients are. <clears throat> aloe, you know, organic aloe leaf. It's all organic. Um, rose flower extract, olive wax, rice bran oil, which we know, sunflower, sunflower seed oil, Camellia, green leaf tea extract, royal jelly extract, avocado, radish root, organic lemon, essential oil, sweet orange, essential oil, and pink grapefruit, which gives it a very, very, very light fragrance. Only when you first put it on, it's like you can barely smell it. You know, you're putting it on your face, you're like, do I smell grapefruit? You, you know, it's, it's so faint, you almost don't know you're smelling it. I love this stuff. Absolutely love it. Love huh. it. You just, you put it on your face and you're like, I know there no chem- there's no chemicals in it. Your skin just knows. So I do not look like I came in second in an axe fight. It's getting better. It's getting oh, better. good. The best thing that I've noticed about this moisturizer is that when you put it on, it stays on. Like it, it absorbs into your skin, but you can feel... I don't know. I, I can almost feel it, you know, like 24 hours later, there's still a slight coverage. You know, part of what moisturizer does is um, it prote- it creates a protective layer on the top of your skin, which keeps your moisture in. So you're supposed to moisturize your skin immediately after washing or getting out of the shower. Less mm-hmm. than three minutes. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yep. Under three minutes. I like pat my face dry and then I put moisturizer on right away. So it actually seals that moisture in. Um, and then, of course, whatever moisture you put into your body, you know, if you're drinking enough fluids, um, having a protective layer on your skin also helps protect that water from evaporating through your skin. Um, so it felt like it was really doing its job. It's been a couple of weeks now, and I love it. But I'm going to give it another tube worth of a try and then um, see if I still like it. Very good. Where can you find it again? What's uh, You can find it at avaandersonnontoxic.com. And, of course, this is very important for all of uh, the horse girls out there spending so much time out in the cold. Yeah. It was really, really, really nice. Very good. Well, that's a different product for us. I don't know that we've ever done one, uh, a moisturizer before. So don't forget the easiest way to find us is through our app and the App Store. We have people downloading from all different parts of the world. And I was just, I wanted to tell you real quick, I was just doing our annual report for, for this show and all the shows for the Horse Radio Network. And last year at the end of the year, we, we had people listening. And this is, could be one person, right? Mm-hmm. We had people listening in 42 countries. Since we introduced the app this year, that has gone to 90 countries. 
The app has really widened our scope, and we have people listening from countries I've never even heard of now, and it's because it's because of the app. So if you want to li- listen on our phone app, like all those other cool people from countries you don't even know the name of, you can go to the App Store, iOS, or Android, <laughs> and search for Horse Radio Network. Stable Scoop Radio Show is on there. It's one of the eight shows on the app. Just makes it so easy to listen. <clears throat> yeah, isn't that cool? 90 countries people are listening to us. Jeez, 42 to 90. That's I pretty know. good. In one year. I was shocked. Um, I was shocked because the way my report comes out, it lists all of the countries, and I have to actually sit and count them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, that's a long list. So, yeah, 90 countries. And Stable Scoop now is uh, – I'll have to report on that next week. I'll have the complete report, and we'll talk about which countries. The country's uh, priority or number of listeners has changed a little bit on Stable Scoop, too. Uh, Australia New Zealand is now number two uh, over Canada. So, wow, uh, what happened yeah. to our Canada friends? Uh, I don't know. I think we're just getting more Australian friends. A lot of new people from Australia. So welcome to everybody from uh, down under. We, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Love we love our them. Australia friends. Yeah. Our and our New Zealand friends. friends like, New Zealand like, friends. Yeah, yeah. We so I have a them. question for our New Zealand friends who are listening to the show today. Please write in and tell us, do you like or despise the term Kiwi? Oh yeah, that's because I don't know. We learned something. We learned something on today's show about a certain phrase that's inappropriate when it comes to describing horses and dogs. I now it's got me thinking. Well, what the heck else am I saying wrong? So, dear New Zealander friends, please write in and tell us: Do you like or despise the term kiwi? You can send me an email if you'd like, Helena at horseradionetwork dot com. Sounds good. And of course, you can find Helena at. You can find me at Helena at horseradionetwork.com. That's pretty much where I am. You know what? I'm all over the place. <laughs> Pick an email address, send it. It'll probably get to me. <laughs> and of course, you can uh, email me at Glenn at horseradionetwork.com. Many thanks to our sponsors. And today we had Dr. Rose's Remedies and also Easy Signs Online. And you, our listeners, our auditors, we appreciate you supporting the shows as well. If you want to become an auditor and see what the, what's involved with that for as little as $1 a month, just head over to StableScoop.com and click on the big banner in the middle of the page. That's it for this week, Helena. That is plenty, but there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping or hammering if your poop is frozen to the floor. <laughs> Chiseling. Chiseling. Cr- Banging. Jackhammering. <laughs> Jackhammering. <laughs>